Right, we're going to have our, our Bible reading first of all. This reading is taken from Mark 13, Mark 14, verse 32 to 42, or on page 1021 of the Pew Bibles. They went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He said to them, Stay here and keep watch. Going a little farther, he fell to the ground and prayed that, if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, Everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep? Could you not keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Once more he went away and prayed the same thing. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. They did not know what to say to him. Returning the third time, he said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Enough, the hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. This is the word of the Lord. Right. Okay, you can put that down now, right? I'm looking for two volunteers. Two volunteers, you have to be a dad. So that reduces it. Now, you know, when I pick on people, I would never pick on people, basically, deliberately. So I'm looking for two, two dads. Don't all rush at once. Peter's one. Uh, one more dad. Adrian, come out. Right, you two. Have you ever watched Bake Off? Oh, no. <laughs> I just want you to know it's nothing like that. I really do. You see, it's great to have, it's great to have a bacon roll. It's even great to have a bacon and halloumi roll. But sometimes you want to put an egg in it, don't you? So I've given them a challenge this morning to make a fried egg. And we've got a, we've got frying pans. I just want you to know that, that these are really warm. So we're going to put a bit of oil in. We've got some eggs as well. Now, I'm not going to say you won't manage it the first time, but I've got five eggs. So, and I can, see, I can see who's got the harder frying pan here, being an expert in these things. Now, we're just going to wait and let that get hot, because you've got to let the, the oil get hot. Right, let's have a look. Right, I could be really cruel here, but I won't be. Okay, you can, you can take an egg wherever you If you want to put some more oil in, you can, but here we go. And we're going to mark on presentation as well. So, are you happy that it's hot enough? Listen, I just want you to know that the yolk hasn't broken. This is really impressive. If it was me, it would have broken by now, but... There's no trick, there's no trick. It's just a case of making an egg. It will become apparent later in the service while we're making the egg. 
Are you going to cheer for them? Come on, let's hear some cheers. Come on. You can see us the more enthusiastic, can't you? You're, you're pathetic. <laughs> oh, you, oh, they complain about the tools. You know what? I need to find someone who can judge this. I'm gonna, no, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna, I'm gonna find three people who I know can cook to judge this. Okay, you happy? I think we'll leave it there and we'll judge. Right, right. Now then, the three of you, I want you to look very carefully at these and, 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 and make a decision as to, as to which you want to think. You might want to go and confer in a corner first. So have you reached a conclusion? <laughs> I don't think it's too hard, is it? <laughs> okay. Oh. <laughs> that, is, that is so good. Okay, we'll, 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 we'll make it a draw. We'll, we'll... That, that, that is true because um, there we go. Take one of them with you. You can go and sit down. So there are the eggs that we need to remember and think about a bit later. Now what we're going to do now is we're going to ask the, the under 11s to go off with Peter and Emily. And you're going to be thinking a bit more about those words, Abba Father, and the rest of us will, will stay here. And if anyone wants the eggs afterwards, then feel free to. Okay, so let's pray. So gracious God, as we look at this passage now, would you show us your ways and teach us your paths? For you are God, our Saviour, and our hope is in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I want to invite you this morning into a conversation. It's a conversation that I had as one of, if you like, his children with God ten days ago. And the reason I want to invite you into this conversation is that if we're going to talk about these words, Abba, Father, that can sometimes seem strange to us, then we've got to start to understand them. And the only way we can understand them sometimes is by actually sharing an experience. And so I want to share with you this morning an experience. It's an experience that I had 10 days ago to show you how I relate to God as Abba, Father. Because I actually think it's one of the most important things to be able to call God Abba, Father. And so to show you that, I want to tell you about this experience that I had so that you too can understand what I'm talking about this morning. But to understand this conversation, you've first got to go on a journey with me. It's a Wednesday morning, 10 days ago. I close the door, walk down the steps and turn left. Just as I turn left, a car drives by. I walk to the end of the street and I begin to walk up a hill. After a few minutes, I pass what is known as Millionaire's Drive on the right-hand side. Five minutes later, the roundabout approaches. I cross the road once, twice, three times, meandering and navigating between the morning flurry of commuters, and I enter the station. I take the card out of my pocket. I put it on the pad, and the barrier opens. 
The escalator awaits to take me down to the Piccadilly line and the platform awaits. Very quickly, the the tube arrives. It's half full of morning commuters traveling to work. By the time I leave 30 minutes later, it's packed. I exit at Leicester Square, turn left once more down Charing Cross Road and enter into Trafalgar Square. Breakfast awaits. As I enter the crypt of one of the most iconic churches in London, St. Martin's in the field. Up to now, everything has happened as I planned. And then the unexpected happens, and it's only now that the journey begins. Because I noticed that at half past eight that morning in this church, there's going to be a service of morning prayer. Well, I'm a priest. I feel I should go to it, but it's not in my plan to go, but it was in God's plan to go. And so hurriedly I finish off breakfast, I go up to the church, and I find there are three people there. That means there's nowhere to hide, and you've got to sit on the front row, otherwise you're going to look odd. And as I'm sat there, listening to morning prayer, listening to, the, listening to the priest's voice, and as the readings and the prayers flow over me, I begin to hear another voice. It's a voice I'm pleased to hear. It's a voice that I count blessed to be familiar with. And I'm just, if you like, staring out at a window as this is going on. The window you can see because it's on the screen now. This is the window that I was looking at. And I start to hear this voice above the priest saying to me, Ian, what do you see? And so as I'm, I'm looking at this, this window, I realize that it's God. It's my heavenly Father who's speaking to me. And he's saying to me, what you see. And so I wonder as you look at that window, what do you see? You see, this is what I start to say. I say, well, I'm drawn to the center of the window. And as I look at the center of the window, I see this circle shape in the middle. And immediately, I remember something that I read an hour earlier on the tube, how all of us have a circle in the center of us. The circle in the center is what drives us. If you like, it's our why. It's the reason why we get up in the morning. It's something that we're passionate about. It's something that excites us. And it varies from from person to person, but we all have it. We all have something or we all have someone in there. And whoever is in the circle, hello, in the center of us, is precious to us. It's special to us. It's a sacred place. If you like, it defines our purpose and gives us direction in life. It's that place that brings life and energy and hope and creativity to us. And what the Bible tells us from cover to cover is each of us has a circle in the center. It doesn't necessarily call it a circle in the center. What it often calls it is it calls it our hearts. Each of us has this place. And it's very easy to make this circle in the center about me. Whereas what God would say and what the Bible would teach us is the circle in the center 
should be about him. That's what Jesus was saying, wasn't it? If you think, what did Jesus say? He said, my mission is to do the will of God. If you like, when that reading that we had read for us, what's Jesus saying? He's saying, Abba, Father, anything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. And for all of us, our why is for God. Because you were made, just like I was made, to live for God and to have him in the center circle. As the famously the bishop of the second century city of Gaul said, that the glory of God is a human being, truly alive. Here's why. But to understand that, you have to go a bit more into this conversation that I had with my heavenly father that day, that Wednesday morning, because I hear his voice once more. And he says to me, what do you see? I wonder as you look at that window, what else do you see? And so I say to him, well, I see this. As I look in the center, I see a hole. I see a hole there. And then I start to realize, just like we have a circle in the center of us, so in that circle in the center, we have a hole. The hole, if you like, is, answers that question of meaning that we all have, of longing that we all have to connect with God. Why? Because as the first creation story put it, when God speaks, they say, let us create humankind in our image, in our likeness. In other words, what that means in 21st century scientific language is this. We all have God's DNA in us, whoever we are. doesn't matter who we are. We all have God's DNA in us. We were all designed to be in relationship with you. The writer Frederick Buechner would call it this. He would say we have his mark upon us, deep within us. Each of us has the face of Christ deep within us. His thumbprint, if you like, within us. And all through the centuries, if you like, people have tried to describe this hole in the center, this desire for longing that we all have. This is how Solomon, the wisest person in the Old Testament, put it. He put it this way, you, Lord, have set eternity in the human heart. This is how the early church father, Augustine, put it. Our hearts are restless until we find our home in you, Lord. This is how the 17th century mathematician and philosopher, Pascal described this hole. He described it as an infinite abyss that can only be filled with God himself. And this is how, if you like, the band Plum sang about it 10 years ago in Bruce Almighty. There's a God-shaped hole in all of us. Or it's heard in the cries. It's heard in the cries of the millions of the ordinary people. Maybe you've cried it one day yourself. There has to be more than this. And whoever we are, we're designed to fill our whole, with God as our Abba Father. We're designed to connect with him in that way. And when we we don't fill our whole with him, we don't leave the whole empty where everything could just flow out. We just plug it up with something else. The career, the status, money, family, another relationship, success. And often these things can be good things. They are good things. But when a good thing becomes a God thing, 
That's when the problems start to happen. Because when a good thing becomes a God thing, it becomes an idol. And you just need to watch the and read the pages of the Bible to find how God said to Israel that he wanted to be their people. And they said, oh yeah, we'll be your people, God, but we also want to worship at the Asherah poles on the hills. Or we also want to go after this thing, God. And the only thing that idols do is this, don't they? They make us idle in worshipping God. That's what the pages of the Bible tell us. That's what the hours spent on the psychologist's couch will tell us. That's what the newspapers reveal. That's what the story of our lives tell us. That these God things can't satisfy the deepest thing that only he can satisfy. In fact, the danger is, is that they actually destroy us. Because they take us to places we don't want to go. And they cause us to act in ways that we don't want to act. You see, one reason the disciples were drawn to Jesus was this. They were mainly, most of them, teenagers. But they'd spent most of their lives by then in the synagogue. And they'd saw how the priest prayed. They'd saw how the rabbis prayed. And then they saw how Jesus prayed. And how he connected with God. And so much so that they saw that was so special that they wanted to know his secret. And that's how we have the origins of the Lord's Prayer. That most famous and special prayer. And now, on the night before he died, Jesus prays his most intimate prayer, I think, ever in the pages of the Bible. Abba, Father. Not what you will, but what I want. For you, all things are possible. Take this cup from me. And the hole that we all have in the circle in the center of our lives is designed to be filled by God. And when he is, you pray and connect with him in a way that you never thought was possible and meets that deeper satisfaction that we all have. And so, I'm thinking now as that morning prayer is going on and it's coming towards the end. I'm thinking, well, that'll do, God. Thank you. And then I hear his voice once more, and it says to me, we haven't finished yet. You know, as you look in that center of that window, what do you see? And so I'm looking at the center of that window in this famous church, and this time I say to him, I say, well, listen, this circle shape in the center, it's kind of like an egg. And I look at it. And you know, we've had a bacon roll this morning. I love bacon rolls, crispy, not light touch. And you know, we've, we've cooked some eggs. Here's the reason why we cooked the eggs. You see, sometimes it's nice, isn't it, when you have some bacon to have an egg. And you know, maybe the next time you'll have an egg and bacon breakfast, maybe you'll think about it in this way, but you'll think about the egg and you'll think about the bacon. Listen, this is not a hard question this morning. There are no tricks. Where does the egg come from? It's not a hard question. Chicken. Where does the bacon come from? A pig. What's the difference between a chicken and a pig? 
in the breakfast. The chicken's involved, but the pig is committed. The chicken's involved, but the pig is committed. If you like, the chicken's involved and does its job and that's it, can walk away. Whereas the pig is all in. And you see, the egg reminds me about this question. It reminds me about the question of commitment. You see, it's very easy to be involved with Jesus. I meet loads of people every day, probably every week, who know something about Jesus. But they're not committed to him. It can be very easy to be involved in the church but not be committed to Jesus' body. And on the night before Jesus died, when he went to the cross, was Jesus involved or was he committed? You know, it's a no-brainer question. We see the deepest act of commitment as he prays to his Abba Father in the most intimate way, the only time in the Gospels that he will say these words, Abba, Father, Anything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. You know, when we look at the disciples in that reading, were they involved or were they committed? When we think about Peter and James and John, were they involved or were they committed? You know, Jesus says them one word, really, doesn't he? He says, stay awake, and I'm going off to pray. And he comes back an hour or so later, and what does he do? He finds them asleep. And so he says to them again, stay awake, I'm going off to prayer. He comes back a bit later, and what does he do? He finds them asleep. He goes back again saying, stay awake, I'm going to prayer. He comes back, he finds them asleep. Here's the point. It can be very easy to sleep. Once, twice, three times. Eventually, we just become conditioned to sleeping that we don't hear our Heavenly Father's voice. And we drift along aimlessly in our faith, kind of like that leaf just drifts along on the river. You know, we live in a world that does not call people to commit. We really do. And it slips into the church because we live in a consumerist world that likes nothing better than for you and I to just behave like that leaf on the lake and just drift along. You know, God doesn't call us to be involved with him. He doesn't call us to be involved in the church. He calls us to be committed to him and committed to his church. And then I think, right, God, I've had enough now. The service is finished, basically. That's a bit too much for me. And then he says, Ian, we've not finished yet. And so he says to me, one final time, what do you see as you look in the center of the window? And I say to him this time, well, this time as I look in the center of the window, I don't see one image, I see two images. I see the image of a cross, and I see the image of a stone. That's why we asked you at the start, to paint that cross on the stone. You see, if the circle in the center answers the question of why, if the hole in the center answers the question of longing, if the egg answers the question of commitment, then the cross and the stone answer the question of our 
identity, of who we are as God. And it's only through encountering them, these two images. Maybe if you've got your stone in front of you, you might want to look at it now. It's only through encountering the cross and the stone that you realize that you are a child of God and you're able to call him Abba, Father. You see, these two images frame our identity. The cross reminds us where Jesus died for us as our rescuer. The stone reminds us where Jesus rose from the dead as our ruler. Just look at it, maybe. As you look at your stone, as you look at the cross, just think, the cross reminds us of the place where Jesus died for us as our rescuer. The stone reminds us of where Jesus rose from the dead as our ruler. You know, when our circle in the center is framed around these images, that's how you get to know God in these Abba, Father terms. Where you can be honest with him and open with him while being respectful. Those words, Abba, Father, taken together mean the Father. Or if you want to get a bit more personal, my Father. The quote that I used earlier by Irenaeus, that second century bishop, you know, I've often thought about it. I've heard it so many times, the glory of God is a human being truly alive. And I've thought about it and I thought, I don't really get it. And that's because often when it's quoted, there are four lines, four words missed off the end, and it's these. And then it makes sense. The glory of God is a human being truly alive, saved by Jesus Christ. And God wants each of us, whoever we are, to know him in that intimate and open and deep Abba Father way. You know, for some of you this morning, you're going to think it's Christmas come early. Because we have managed to put together the best Father's Day pack that I've ever managed to put together. And you know, one of the things that you will get is is one of these books. You know, it's a, it's a book called City Lives. It's a book of, of just ordinary people whose lives have been transformed by, by Jesus Christ. Sometimes they have a dramatic story. Sometimes, most of the time, it's just in the everyday life. But they're just all, if you like, well, they're all priests because we're all priests, aren't we? The only difference is I get to dress up. That's the only difference. We're all priests. As somebody said to me, when people said to me um, about robes, somebody reminded me and said, um, they said to me, well, why don't we have a vote because we're all priests and then we can all wear robes and we'll see who want to then do it. And there was soon no more questions asked. But this is a book about people's lives. You know, in many ways, some of them are successful people's lives. There's a Bake Off contestant. There's a premiership team footballer. There's a mathematician professor from, from Oxford. There's a financer. There's a, a lawyer. There's someone who's big in fashion. There's all sorts of people. One of the people in here is a retired general in the British Army. He's a guy called Major General Tim Cross. And in it, he talks about an event that happened in his life about 30 years ago when he was working in the Gulf, in the army. And he got a few days off, and so he went to Jerusalem. 
And when he, he went to Jerusalem, he took his wife and they decided to do, well, what do you do when you're in Jerusalem? Maybe I'll go and look at where Jesus lived, because that's what you might do. Because many people know about Jesus, but they don't encounter him. And so he went to the, as part of this tour to the garden tomb. The garden tomb is one of the places that they think might be, probably isn't, but that doesn't matter. The place where Jesus was buried. And so he happens that his guide is a retired colonel at that time in the army. And so they get chatting, they're military men, you know, like military men do, they just talk straight with one another. And, they say, and he says this to Major General Tim Cross. He says, said, said, look, look, this is all important, this. These might be key things. They might not be. It could all be very interesting, but this, this is the key point. Go and have a look in the tomb, and you'll find it's empty. That's the key point. And it may or may not have been the exact place that Jesus was buried. But on that first Easter Sunday morning, the important thing was, was that when they went to the tomb, it was empty. And it was the deciding point in history. You see, if you, and then he said to him, if you decide that it's empty, then your life is never the same. But if you, if you don't accept that it was empty, then you face the consequences of your decision. And Major General Tim Cross went across, looked in the tomb, and he found it was empty, and it changed his life forever. It was the reason that he realized that he was alive, that the circle in the center of his life, he began to realize what his why was serving God in the army. He realized that the hole in the center that he had, and he'd never seen satisfied by all that he'd done, he found his longing in God. He understood what commitment meant because he was in the army. And he knew who he was as a child of God able to call him Abba Father Abba Father for you all things are possible take this cup from me yet not what I will but what you will why don't we stand together to pray and maybe as we as we pray Why don't you pray with eyes open? I'll keep mine closed and maybe look at that window and just hear Abba Father's voice this morning saying to you, what do you see? Where does he want to come? And speak to you. Where does he want you to respond? Maybe it's about the circle in the center and the why of what you're doing in life. Maybe it's about the hole in the center that you've been restless for too long. And you need to come and meet him. Maybe it's about the egg of commitment. Maybe it's about encountering the the cross and the stone. 
And so, Lord, as you spoke to me 10 days ago on that Wednesday morning, so, Lord, I ask that you would speak into each one of our hearts this morning, whoever we are, because you know each one of us. You know each one of us, and we're special to you, and we're loved by you. And you want us to be able to say two words. Abba, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.